Reina Barboza, the soul rebel, was originally diagnosed with a malignant melanoma back in August 2010. She had surgery to remove the tumor in her left thigh and was sent for a trial run to MD Anderson, which is a cancer center at the University of Texas. She was claimed cancer-free. Then fast forward eight years. Raina was rushed to the hospital for what was thought to be a ruptured appendix, only to find out with a CT scan that her liver, lungs, and abdomen were full of tumors. She was told by the ER doctor to find God and was admitted into the hospital. It was a complete shock to herself and to her loved ones. After a four-day hospital stay, she was released and given a full body PET scan. She lit up like a light bulb. The cancer was in her lungs, bones, liver, and abdomen. Needless to say, their lives changed instantly. This is her story. Welcome, Raina. Hello. Thank you guys for having me so much. Thank you for being on the show and sharing your story with us, Raina. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you basically kind of kind of introduced me perfectly. <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah, so and cancer. So <laughs> in 2010... Um, can you kind of give us a backstory on that? What I mean, did you were you just going in? Did you notice something? Um, you went in to see the doctor. Had it removed? Did you treat at that time with any cannabis? Um, okay, um, for sure. Um, at the time, I was working for a chiropractor, and he and uh, another one of my coworkers had. She was in, uh, in nursing school. They'd noticed a mole that was on my thigh, on my left thigh, and they would always tell me, "Raina, that." really dark it doesn't look right the chiropractor and and my friend they would both tell me that and I was like whatever guys whatever and it was it was kind of scab up and it wasn't round it was very it was very odd shaped and it just w- wasn't normal and I told my PCP I went in one day and saw my PCP like just norm- normal every six month visit for medications I was on and she goes all right let me go ahead and just biopsy that let me just they basically did a pin, pin punch, and within two days, I got a call back, and I was told that it was uh, cancer. It was actual melanoma, and um, at that moment, I didn't really know what to say or what to think. You know, um, she told me at that point they would send me to an oncologist. At that point, I did go to an oncologist. The oncologist at that point set me up for surgery. After surgery, because of my age and because of the circumstances around why I had that mole, they wanted to find out more. So they sent me to Houston, Indy Anderson, which is the most amazing place ever, and um, got there. And I was educated a lot on what melanoma was at that time. It was not malignant melanoma, meaning it wasn't spreading. It was in that area and that area only. They took lymph nodes from my groin. To check them at that point, um, I had two come back positive and the rest were negative, but it was just in, in the, the lymph nodes. So th- those were removed as well. And that was in August of 2010. Wow. Yes. Okay. And so there, that's whenever you were deemed cancer free at the end of that? I mean, what? Um, I was told after the surgery that all the cancer had been cut out. Because I had a two by, it's like called a, a wide incision. It go two inches wide and two inches deep. So it looks like I have like a shark bite on my thigh. And um, so at that point, 
after that was said and done, the surgery was done. I had the stitches put in staples. I still have stitches that come out to this day. They, they're, they're still under the skin. And oh, because wow. of the, which I'll explain later about immunotherapy, about it pushing things out of my melon, out of my melon and out of my skin. Um, I've got these plastic, these plastic stitches that are still in my, in my thigh. Mm-hmm. And you can see them poking out. It's, it's just crazy. It's just really crazy. But at that point, they told me that I need to get a check. I need to be checked every six months for a year, for two times a year. And then after that, we go yearly. Mm-hmm. After five years, if they didn't catch anything, I was cancer free. And that's what I was told every single time that I went. Up until 2015, is that the math? Is- I would say... Yes, yes, I would say yes. At that point, I was going to a a dermatologist that really didn't do much of anything when it came to body scans and things like that. He was just pretty much looking at, but I understand now they were just looking for new moles. They they didn't understand, you know, that it, none of us understood that this entire time it wasn't never gone. It lay dormant in my body the entire time until 2018. Okay. Okay. So it was there the whole time and they were just looking in the wrong places, looking for the wrong yes. things. Sure. Yes. Yes. They were, they were looking for moles, but that's what they knew to look for because that's how they found that's, you know, what originally that's how they found out that I had cancer and that's what the problem Skin cancer. was. Right. Or where they thought the problem was. Yes. That's what they thought the problem was. So I was one of the dermatologists to get, they were looking at my skin not seeing new growth. They didn't worry about anything. Fast forward eight years and I am doing everything I can to open a cannabis business because I truly believe in it. Because after 2010, I started going to, yes, I started driving to Colorado to get Mary's Medicinals. I liked the patches. They were helping me. It helped me quite a bit because the trial that I did at the time at Indy Anderson, it gave me some pretty bad side effects. I was getting migraine headaches, um, constant like hormonal outbreaks. It was, it was, it was really just very, how would you say the word? It, it, it did more harm than it did good. But I, for the sake of science, though, I, I did it. Well, the sake of trying to stay alive. <laughs> true. Well. Very true. <laughs> well, yeah, and so would you. So essentially, you were using cannabis to battle those bad side effects, is what you're saying. This and the, the entire the entire eight years that we we thought cancer was gone, I was using cannabis, and it wasn't just smoking. I always ate cannabis. I continuously ate RSO. I continuously ate. I continuously took tinctures. I continuously did what you know. So you what had, I knew to do. So did you medicate with RSO back as far as 2010? Not 2010. I started with RSO back in 2016. Okay. That's when I was introduced to it. I was introduced to it, but it was not what I was introduced to back in, when I got diagnosed again in right. 2018. How were you introduced what to I, it? Um, I was introduced to it originally um, just by someone speaking about it, talking about it, overhearing them say things about it. But what I got, what, I don't know if you've seen, what is the name of that show on Netflix? Um, it's, it's really, really sad. It's where, what's the name of it? For the love of goodness. Um, was there a show that, a, you, that you saw on Netflix that you that kind of uh, research that yeah, you were doing? Yeah, and, you, it's about cannabis mm-hmm. and them looking for basically RSO for their, their children Weed the people. and they're overseas. What was it? Weed the people. It's a Ricky Lake. Yes. Right. That's the one right there. Yes. Phenomenal so I basically was taking yeah. an oil that yeah. was done. That was not RSO. I was tricked. I was fooled. 
I was fooled and not taking real RSO. So, yeah, in 2016, I was given some stuff that was supposed to be medicine to help me, and it, it, it turned out to be not that at all. It was not Rick Simpson oil. It wasn't the full plan. It wasn't any of that. So what I did is um, I found out in 2008, literally the day that I found out when I was rushed to the ER and went to the hospital, I had a friend at the, at the time. He called me. Actually, I called him because he asked me for something at the time. And I'll, I'll tell you the reason that I kind of like just let my health go. I was opening a dispensary. And um, at the time, I was literally opening it by myself because my husband was working at the time. And he was doing refinery work. And I was moving all the shelving, moving things around, setting things up, getting the safe in place. like just setting running yourself up right. on my own and not worrying about my own health because you know, wear and tear, right? You move this, your arm hurts, you move that, your hip hurts. Oh, all of a sudden my, my back started hurting. I was like, you know, it's okay. I'll fix it later. Mm-hmm. Four days into opening the store, I went into the restroom and that's when I urinated blood and I didn't have a choice at that time. I was like, okay, something's got to give. So I did, I got up and I, I drove myself to urgent care. Urgent care said, sorry, we can't see you. We think you have a ruptured appendix. And so I drove myself to the, to the ER. And my daughter was with me, and she at the time was 17, 18. She had just started uh, OU. It was She was a freshman at OU, and she was in the room with me when the, the doctor came in and told me I needed to find God, but she didn't tell her in front of my daughter. She asked my daughter to step out of the room, and immediately we knew something was wrong. Wow. Um, that, that's, a, that's a pretty powerful statement for um, someone of that stature to come into a room and tell you to do that. Literally. Um, first of all, um, I, uh, I have to say something about that uh, myself personally. I do not agree with that. Please stop doing that, medical officials. <laughs> that's very scary to people. Um, and... Uh, I know that you understand what it's like to be around people that are um, facing death and um, to to suggest that is a very powerful statement. And I'm sorry, but please stop. (laughs) Right. Um, And and so I guess I'm going out on a limb a little bit here, Raina. So. You I was was part of your passion and open up the dispensary was to help um very much so save other people the troubles of having to get bad medicine and unregulated medicine. Um one one thousand percent. One thousand percent. The minute that we found out that, that it, the bill had had passed, we our all of our life savings had went into the business. Sure. I mean we, we are true mom and pa shop. True mom right, pa right. I had no investors nothing in our business good for you i love it and, and so Thank i mean you. essentially you were you put your health on the back burner for yes i did for the health of others that you didn't even know <laughs> yes yes i did but you know and it, it's funny because i wouldn't i mean i say it's funny because i look back on it and i say i can say it's funny i'm alive and i'm grateful and i'm grateful for every day that i wake up and i'm alive because i could not be and i have nothing to complain about i i have nothing but good things to say can i complain anyone can complain yeah i was gonna Why? say you do have things to complain about <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, 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 I could, but I, I don't take those things for granted. You know, I sure. could not have those things, you know, and I could not be here. 
now. So everything, I think, just works itself, you know, the way that it's supposed to work out. It does what it's supposed to do. Life, the universe works itself out. And yeah, I did. I did. I put my own health on the back burner. And I was, it was funny because I bought a sling for my arm because I thought that I yanked my, my rotator cuff my left rotator cuff out of my arm Mm -hmm. and I went and bought a sling because I was still having to move stuff and I was trying to get it open by a certain day when dispensaries could open. We were one of the first ones open. So I did everything that I could and I pushed and I pushed for it and I pushed for it and come to find out the reason that that my shoulder was that messed up was it was full of cancer. My hip was full of cancer. The shoulder was full of cancer. The femur, I have a hole the size of a golf ball and my femur, the cancer ate right through it. Just deteriorated it. Let me ask you this, um, as far as mobility and all that, um, I, you know, I haven't met you personally. Um, how has that been affected? Um, well, when I was diagnosed in, in November 2018 and they put me in the hospital, my friend came up with the RSO and he gave that to me at that moment. And he, he, it, it's in the so hospital. crazy how it happened. He literally, I called him and he said, where are you at? I said, I'm at St. John. And I told him what, what room I was in. And he's like, I'm on my way. You're going to, I mean, I just have something in it, but so just worked out this way. And he came and he brought me four syringes. And then I looked at it. And I was like, what are you doing? I am not, what is, like, I am not doing that in my head. You know, I'm thinking, what, what did you just bring me? And he's like, no, no, no. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. He's like, it's Rick Simpson oil. And I said, this is the real stuff. He was rain. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't lie to you. I just got this from a friend. So I get it. And we do the rice. We do the, the grain of rice three sure. times a day. Mm-hmm. And then we up it the second week, two grains of rice a day, three times a day. And third week, we up it, up it, up it, up it, up it. You get to the so full when I get, Oh, I upped it up till I was up to an ounce. I'm sorry, not an ounce of gram. And then two grams a day. I, I mean, that's how far I, it came. As more of a, it's more of a preventative to me now right. than it is of anything. So you literally. do a maintenance dose now. For, yes, I do take a maintenance dose. I, I I do take a maintenance dose on a daily basis and tincture as well. Just for our audience that is curious about this, I mean, because this is, I mean, this this is very important for people to understand. Um, the, for the regiment that you went through, uh, you said that you got up to two grams a day. Yeah. Now you were obviously doing something at night and then something in the morning, or were you spacing that out through the day? Who, how were you doing? That? I was taking, I, I, what I do is I would take it and I get vegan capsules, clear vegan capsules, and I would take the syringe and I would squeeze it into the capsule and I would go throughout the day to doing that with food on my stomach because without food on your stomach, it. It, it tears your stomach up. It, it, it does. Mm-hmm. So I would have to take it with food. And um, it would make me hungry, make me eat, because I was not hungry. I didn't want to eat. Um, whenever I was diagnosed, I literally went downhill. It's kind of like, you know, when they tell you something, you believe it. And I, I mean, you, you could see I was already going down because my body was, was breaking down. And pain, in my mind, and I say this because I'm, when, you, when, you, when we do meet, you'll see I have tattoos, piercings, you know, all types of things. And you would say, oh, you know, a knee wouldn't hurt her. And it doesn't because to me, pain is a, it's mental. It's, it, I think that you can control it sometimes. And I, I, now, because I've actually felt pain that I could not control, right. uh, most pain I could. Coming and then this mother. was a pain that I could not control. Right. And coming from a mother, I mean, it's a lot of pain. It, 
it literally, I, I mean, we had to go to the hospital several times in the middle of the night between November and December of 2018. So I was actually put on a, a treatment. My oncologist at the time, amazing, amazing, amazing oncologist. He's went back to Seattle, Washington, uh, because they have private funding for alternative, uh, alternative, uh, medicines there right so that's what he is up there studying now he and his wife are both doing that and i'm so proud of them and i'm glad they got out of oklahoma because oklahoma is like no anytime you go to the doctor and they find out you have an OMA card anything that's wrong with you it has to do with yeah. your smoking marijuana or you're yeah. consuming marijuana it's like you know what do your research right. you know don't 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 I, I had a friend that came in the dispensary just the other day and did the exact same thing hadn't seen a doctor in four years and the minute he said that he has an mmj card that was the reason reason for all of his problems everything i mean i mean literally you could stub your toe it's because you were smoking marijuana like seriously come on now it's not no and they use it as that's the reason why they won't do a lot and so with so with that being said was your doctor aware in 2018 of your rso regiment Yes, he was. I told him the day that he found me, the fourth day that I was there, because they put me in St. John, put me on a post-op floor, post-operation, as though I had had some type of surgery, right. on a morphine drip to just die. That that was their solution for me. Fine God. Let's just put her on a post-op floor with a, with a morphine, and she can push it every nine minutes. So it would be nine or 11 minutes, and I would get my fix to take the pain away. But I was like, I'm not in pain. Like, I mean, it hurts, but I don't need morphine. And... That, that's where they left me. When he found me on the fourth day, he was he, he was very angry, went down and, and told the administration, told the ERs. He, he found the doctor who actually told me that I needed to find God and had words with her. He was very irate, very yeah. angry, and he, he just didn't stand for it. And I, to this day, owe so much to, to that man. Absolutely. I truly, truly, truly miss him. Some of these And reached people. out to him just here recently, and he's the reason why I've been going back and forth to MD Anderson. Some of these people just really don't understand the power that they hold whenever they have scrubs on. Exactly. It's the truth. That's right. the honest to God truth. That's um, the honest to God truth. And I'm not scared. I'm not saying that I'm scared, but I'm talking about my grandma or uh, my kid yeah. or somebody. I mean, that yeah. to them, you are the final word. Okay? Yeah. So, please. <laughs> well, and I love that you, I, I love that, you know, and we talk, we've talked about it on this show before about taking your own health into your hands, and I love that you did that, and I love so many people today seem to have this white coat faith. And it goes back yes. to seeing a person in scrubs and I don't need a second opinion. This person must have it all figured out. And that we're, we're all trying to do our jobs well. And that yes. includes doctors. And, and here, exactly. let me, let me also say this. I am very happy that there are those doctors out there that will correct those that are in the wrong or that, that, that have that wrong opinion or non open mindedness about certain things um i applaud those doctors and and thank you for for at least opening your mind and 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 being curious enough to become educated yes thank you to people like dr barman for sure one thousand percent i i owe dr barman so so much he really is definitely an open-minded man and he 
he, whenever I told him that I was on the RSO regimen, he said, just continue to do what you're doing. Don't stop. I love it. Don't stop what you're doing. Just don't stop it. And when I started doing, I did it. We did the PET scan. And right after that, he said, Rena, I, I can't wait for your, your B-Rash to come back. I, I had to put you on something now. And I refused chemo. And he told me I wouldn't do that to you. I said, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, so this is what we're going to have to do. And he says, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's going to get way worse before it gets better. And I said, what do you mean way worse? I've already lost almost 26 pounds. And I was not doing well at all. At that point, I was, um, I wasn't, I had lost so much weight that my legs, I'd like gotten so weak. I wasn't walking. I was in a wheelchair. I had lost so much. I mean, I literally went down. When I found out, I went down. And I wasn't eating. And um, he said he put me on, it was an uh, Bopdivo and Yervoy. And you take four rounds of that for two weeks, every two weeks for two months. Over a two month period, you take four treatments. If you can handle those four treatments, then you're good. At, then basically, that means that you qualify to get on the immunotherapy, the Opdivo uh, medication. That that's what you get to do: immunotherapy versus chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I, by, by the grace of God, uh, made it through those four treatments because those four treatments did almost kill me. I don't remember a lot of anything. Yeah. I remember being up to, I remember like begging, begging for the Dilaudid that I was on. I was on four milligrams, 24, four milligram Dilaudid a day. And two, no, one fifty milligram, uh, what was that? Uh, patch, what's the name of that damn drug? The really, really bad one. Um, I can't think of it, it's in my mind. Uh, the patches that they make for you, I can't think of it. It's a, mm. <laughs> what is the name of it? Are you talking about like fentanyl or? Yes, it's fentanyl. Fentanyl. Okay. The fentanyl patch is sure. what they had on me. And I was out of it, completely out of it. I don't remember a lot of the things that I said, a lot of the things that I did. I was very angry. I was mean to everyone around me. Thank God my family was there because I was not myself. Understandably so. So, so basically, for, for that trial, all over me. For that trial run, are they are they basically just trying to test your body to see if you can handle the immunotherapy? With what um, what he did, actually, he had to, what he did with you, uh, your boy and Opdivo. That wasn't a trial. That was a that was treatment. That was to see if I would make it or not make it because that was either going to make me or break me. Okay. Okay. That's exactly what I was told. I was said if, if I can make this, if, if you can make it through these four treatments, you're you're going to make it. And the way Doctor Barman spoke to me, he he never sugarcoated anything. He was a straight shooter, and I loved that about him. Yeah, that is. And so I believed him. I, I believed him. And I did it. You and hear even that? though I almost killed me, I, I'm alive, and I'm alive because he did what he had to do. Yeah. Well, he well he was honest with you. He was very honest with me and very honest with my family when they'd ask questions because it, I mean, everyone was nervous because I'd get there and I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a word. It hurt. I mean, my bone hurt so bad I didn't walk for three months. So going around from walking, I was walked around about one sixty five, one seventy. I was muscle. I was I was just a healthy a healthy female, and to dr- drop down to a hundred and. 29 pounds, 132 pounds. It was just drastic. I looked sick. All the color was gone. I had to get blood transfusions quite often. I was sent several times because I just, 
like he kept telling me, you know, he would never tell me, you know, I think you're going to die. I think this is going to happen. He's just like, you know, we need to get some more blood into you. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I was going to see him four times a week. He's only open five days a week. I was going four out of five days to, to see him every morning. Well, he was, fi- he was, he was fighting as hard as you were. Mm-hmm. He sure, he, he really was. He and, really, and, really and was. I, I think, he was. I think, you know, I, I think, you know, barman for that. But like, I think that we all, that's what we all look for in a doctor. Yeah, We want sure. someone that yep. fights for our health the way that we do. For, for you, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, and I, someone that I mentioned earlier that I know how thankful you are for barman, but I think, you know, too, as a cannabis community here in Oklahoma, we are. Because yes, you're still here. Sure. You, you've helped, you know, Sammy works with you. And, you know, we know Sammy and Sammy's spreading the good word and, you know, and how much this, this helps people. Yeah. So none of that happens without a doctor, not in the cannabis community. Exactly. Helping and believing in what we're doing and how you want to treat yourself and how you want to handle your body. And so I think we all can kind of say thank you to Dr. Barman. You know? Yes, we, we all can. And I have friends who are in, in the medical industry and nurse practitioners and doctors who definitely believe in the health benefits of, of cannabis. Whether it be from consuming it, uh, orally eating it, smoking it, vaping it, in whatever way you take it, there's benefits to it just I mean, they'll tell me to take this over any pill any day because they know what the side effects of that pill is. Sure. And I'm happy to say that I have not had narcotics since I took my last narcotic in February 2019. When I woke up from, I call it, we call it like the, they call it a coma because I don't remember much of anything from December to February. I don't remember. Right. That four months you were also, and you were on RSO, right? Oh, yes. Um, I was on a lot of RSO, and I was on a lot of Dilaudid, a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I had the fentanyl patches on, and then I had in and out of the hospital because of the weight loss, and I wouldn't eat. I would not eat. I just couldn't because the cancer was just eating my stomach. So essentially what the first four treatments do is it takes every tumor, and I had had over 100 tumors in my liver. A combined set, oh uh, a combined 140 between the two lungs, just what they could see in the CT scan. That was the original one in the hospital. When they did my PET scan, he couldn't even tell me how many tumors I had in my body. There were too many to count. Um, he literally said, they're all going to double in size. And he goes, this is something you're really going to have to fight for. And I'm going to need you to eat. Like There was a point, I remember, I'll never forget this. He looked at me and goes, I don't care if you take a Hawaiian bun and take a whole stick of butter and put it in there. I need you to eat. And I just looked at him and I said, okay, I'll eat. And I, I had to take more RSO and the more RSO. And I actually have to thank, uh, Mac, Mr. Max, um, Chili Mac and Eric, uh, who worked for, he, he, he's part of Mr. Max as well. They donated a lot of, uh, the Rice Krispie treats to me. They were one of the first vendors I ever went through and, um, they donated a lot of the Rice Krispie treats to me to help me eat. And that actually really did help me to start my getting appetite back. And they continuously helped me all the time. And they were just the first people that came and they were the, the nicest, nicest people. And, that, and there's been so many since then. It's crazy. 
that's that there, there there's so many things about cannabis that benefit people and I mean, you know but this is obviously more than just a benefit i mean this is a life oh for sure i, mean, I make rso right. I, to this day i make rso when i'm home and i'm able to i'm able to sit there and actually do it i'll make rso as much as i possibly possibly i mean i make it for myself you know obviously i'm not having i have a processing license and i used to be able to sell it in my store not sell it because we we're I have to say so because the state of Oklahoma won't allow you to give anything away. So we do it for a penny Right. and the penny came out of our chip jar and I did that. I was able to keep that up for a good year. And then I had to start coming to Houston for treatments, alternative treatments because Optivo only lasts for 24 months and come this December, my 24 months is up. I was told I would not go into remission and that, um, live life, enjoy it. Um, this was by my oncologist that I recently had and fired. Um, he told me to literally, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy it. But this was all that, that, that I had. And so that's when I reached out to Dr. Barman again and he told me I need to go to MD Anderson. And that's what I did. I contacted MD Anderson and they said, you know what? We've got so much new. We have so many new clinical trials, so many new different things to happen like we can target anything that we need to and i see remission with you for you within the next two three years that's what i was told when i was i mean it's it's, i smile because i was told i was not going into remission right well i mean who can who can guarantee that anyway i mean exactly exactly uh, that's just reckless speaking um very much so on their part uh and I, and I love and I commend you so much for taking it in stride and just smiling about it because it is something that James and I are sitting here stewing every time we hear you talk about, you know, basically the light being shut off for you and being told that there was no other options and just to give up. And, you know, as I, I'm a parent, James is a parent. And, you know, I know that you are. I mean, this is something that we tell our kids from day one. That quitting is not an option. No, it's and then, not. you know, and for to get to where you got and to have someone just tell you to give up. Thank you for not listening to them. Yeah, but it just it also makes me think back to so many people that probably did take their first piece of advice and go home and lay down and it's die. So sad. It's so sad. Right. It's so sad. I don't brag on myself. I do not brag on myself. You can ask anyone that knows. We'll me, do that but I will for tell you. you. I am one of the strongest people that I know. I will tell you that. <laughs> I am one of the strongest people that I do know. Well, and, um, you seem very strong <laughs> to me. Uh, I mean, just to be able to uh, uh, endure a, a quarter of what you've endured um, would take the strength that I do not. I do not think I, I don't know. <laughs> right. And so as of today, where, where are we at with When this? you're putting it. <laughs> when you're put in that situation, you know, sure, you yeah, from, sure. I went from wheelchair, but, wheelchair to walker, walker to a cane, uh, cane to walking with a limp. And now I walk straight without any, any assistance. Yeah. You Good know, you. You, you know, Raina, when you, you sent us over kind of a brief kind of layout of your story and mm-hmm. I, I looked over it, it was one of those things that the whole time smiling, but fighting back tears the entire time, because it, as I read it, and, and even still as I talk to you today, it's, you know, that optimism 
in your voice is something that's very, very, it's, it's very relieving. It's, it's something, it's inspiring. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. But, you know, what is something I've said about cannabis this whole time and, you know, this show is based around cannabis and, you know, what we think about it and that we do think that it is a medicine and we believe that and we know that. Um, and cannabis is one of those things I tell people all the time that sometimes we can judge it. Sometimes we can gauge it and we might know what it might be able to do. But what we can't gauge is the human spirit and what it can put up with. And again, that I, I, I want to thank you for proving me right again in that, because it is another one of those examples that I don't even think Dr. Barman thought knew what kind of a fighter he had on his hands when he walked he in there after day four. I think that he was probably trying to instill hope in you and you, I mean, girl, you, you've got that in folds. Hey, maybe you inspired them, you know? You know, he, he, in so many words, you know, every time that I would, he'd get up and he would tell me, okay, go ahead and stand up. I want to, you know, he, he, he literally, like I was a child learning how to walk again. He said, go ahead and stand up. And he left, he left me in June of 2019. So he left me last June. And uh, so I had him for six months. I had Dr. Barman for six months. And in those six months, Dr. Barman, Dr. Barman got me walking again. Dr. Barman got me... He gave me hope. He gave me, he gave me the reassurance that I needed. And um, he would literally tell me, hey, go ahead and stand up this time. I want to see how, how your leg is doing. And so I'd stand up. And he'd say, girl, you're going to get it. You're getting it. Look at you. And I'd have to swing my right leg because I couldn't walk with it. I couldn't walk straight. I couldn't walk straight at all. And But to see him, you know, he would look at me and say, he's like, look at your blood work. He's like, look at this. Look at your blood work. And just to see the pride in him and see how, how happy it made him, it made me feel assured reassured and happy that's right because it goes back to that thing that james said earlier is knowing the power of his opinion knowing the power of his position and knowing that him just giving you a few words of inspiration how far that might go someone with as much fight as you have in you i remember one moment whenever I, i was sick at one point and my doctor looked at me uh, in my eyes and there was a look that he gave me and he had a smile and he said it's okay everything's gonna be okay like that like it was it was so literally but I remember <laughs> that Dr. moment I can, me. <laughs> I can literally see it in, sure. uh, in my mind uh, and uh, th- that's how much power um, it does. It's their words have. I mean, it, it, they have to really, really watch what they say. Well, and, and to me, they you really know, do. I, I kind that, of and and again, I mean, to that, that's got to be a hard position for them to be in. Right. I mean, you know, but I think I, I think sometimes, and especially, you know, Raina, I think you're a perfect example of that. Sometimes a doctor is not only there for our physical health, but our mental health. Oh, 1,000%. They're like a coach and or a manager, and he has to understand the strengths in you and see where he you need help being pushed and places where that you kind of have it yourself, and he knows that he doesn't need to help you. But that's what I love about what I hear about Dr. Barman is 90% of what I hear about him is not medical. It, he, he, he literally, I mean, I... He, he's he's in a whole he's in a whole other state has you know hundreds of patients he sees and I made one phone call 
just to talk to him because I just reached out. Right. And he called me back and called me for a week straight, but I have my phone to where if it's like a, a number that I don't know, it won't answer it. So he was calling me from an unknown number and then calling me from another number and my phone was not picking it up. It was like a blocking the call. Mm-hmm. So he left me a voicemail and he said, Raina, this is Dr. Barman. I need you to, need you to answer the phone. <laughs> so I answered the phone. I finally answered the phone and he's like, Raina. He's like, get down to MD Anderson. I'm sending the referral. I'm doing what I need to do, but how are you? I need, you know, and we talked and that's what got the ball rolling on what's going on now and, you know, my alternative, uh, what I get to do now versus the Optivo and Exgiva that I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still do my edibles, my RSO, and my CBD THC tinctures. I do 1500 milligram nanotechnology with my, I always do all my one-to-ones, and then I love Blue's Clues. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that, mm-hmm. the strain Blue's Clues. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's amazing, and I use my one-to-one, love it. It literally, I just love that tincture. It's my power of that CBD. Tincture. People forget about it in the cannabis community. You got to have that other side of the plant. Exactly, and a lot of people don't think that they are just like, oh, I need the highest THC percentage, and I, you know, I do also do own a dispensary. So when you, people you walk in, up. they're like, oh, I need the highest, I need the highest THC percent, and I'm just like, okay, and I know what you're here for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, then I, you have I manage a people dispensary that really want too, to be educated, and we we print out we print out terp profiles as like prescriptions for people. And, Literally. Yeah, and, and, and it's once you once you explain it to them that way, they're like, "Oh, so I do need to know what's in this." And you're like, "Now yes. we're talking." Maybe you, know? you don't want to smoke that cartridge that you keep puffing on and choking and wondering um, why you know please. you're continuously coughing and ending up in the hospital. It's clear Maybe for a reason. It. It's because there's not much cannabis in it. <laughs> <laughs> I but, but you know, see, listen, the thing is, we're sitting here laughing. Right. And it, it is funny. It's funny as hell. <laughs> but right. but it's also, it's it, there's a necessity. Sure. There's a need for education here. There's a oh, huge 1, need for education. And this is why. Right. You know, um, because people do not understand what they're putting into their bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and, 1, and, and, and to me, 788... For Raina, it encompasses it all. She was yes. a mother who was driving to Colorado, risking freedom with her yes. children to get a medicine. She also found out what unregulated medicine looks like. Yeah. She looked. She found out what a doctor who will accept cannabis and what one that won't accept cannabis. Yes. So I mean, yeah. I yeah there's yeah, there's different sides of the story for sure. sure. But there, but there's also that. And, and, and I mean, that's outstanding. Uh, Raina, I mean, I can't even say enough of, for what you've done and what you've right. done for, for the people and, and for other people that may need your inspiration in order to just seek out other help and and just the ability to have the choice. We keep going back to that. I mean, it's so awesome to be able to have that choice in this state now. Exactly. 1,000%. And I'm so happy that it is available. And it, 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 I have no problem with showing anyone how to make RSO. It's simple. And I want people to be able to make their own medicine. I have to pay for it at, the, at a dispensary at the, the cost that it 
I mean, literally, I've, I've walked into a dispensary and cried looking at the price of RSO. When you can just, I mean, you need to buy certain things to do it, but it's not something that's not attainable. You, you totally can get everything you need Absolutely. to make the RSO yourself. Absolutely. We've talked about it before. Um, 788, the fact that we can grow and make our own medicine when we're making it for yes. ourselves is the best part of 788. You'll never yep. argue that point with me. You'll never be able to convince me otherwise. I I love that. I love that for someone like you who's willing to teach someone to go home and take the guessing game out of it. If we, you know, I'm I'm the biggest skeptic in the world. So even that I you know I work in a dispensary. I know that I get the labs with all of my products. I'm I'm also a foodie. I'm also a guy who loves DIYing. So I love the fact that we can do that from home from home because one it helps us understand our medicine. Um, and two, um, like I said, nothing's better than grandma's RSO. I mean, it's so much better than commercialized it RSO. It goes great with the biscuits. Right. And the pancakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but, uh, Raina, like I said, I, I love that your story kind of encapsulates everything that 788 has kind of been for me and for the patients that I see every day. Um, I love more than anything that, and this is something I see in the cannabis community and why I love my cannabis community, is it's not just your story. You take it, your story, and you want to share it. You want to help with it. You want good to come out of it. One thousand percent. And I, I love that. I mean, even that's why you wanted to open a dispensary. You basically exactly. wanted. You didn't want a mom or someone else to be in the same situation. It's that paying it forward that I see in the cannabis community. And and maybe it's because we're young here, and maybe I'm a little jaded because I'm on the inside of it. But I don't see that in a lot of industries, and I, I love that. Yeah. I love that grassroots feel to it, and I and you're keeping that alive. And so I hope, and I know you're a positive person. I hope you don't miss that in your day to day life. I hope that you know oh, the, no. the 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 change that you bring to people's lives. I, I seriously do. I I hope that you, you that you're doing what Barman did for you for other people. I hope you recognize that. Speaking of that, I mean, we have, we have plenty of time. Uh, you have a dispensary. Can you mm-hmm. think of one without a name, one one special patient that sticks out in your in your mind that you've helped and mm-hmm. how quickly? Three, two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Calling by name? No, you don't no. have to say no. Name. Um. Okay, call her by name, first and last name? No, you don't have to call her by first no, and last name. No, no name. No name. Okay. Just an experience. Um, or, you want me to give you a number of people? No, no, or, no, no. I mean, no. there's tell several. Me, tell me about how you helped them. Just oh, okay. a patient. Well, um, let me start off with just one. Um, I have, I had a lady that had come to me through a, a friend of mine who's a nurse practitioner. And we had to find, he has severe autism. And he is 19 years old. He is, he was very, uh, how do you say it, violent. And so what we did is uh, my, my friend and I 
talked about different strains because she she's also a she's a nurse practitioner, but she also knows her strains and knows her genetics very very well. She grows as well, does her own personal growth, and um, so we're sitting there talking about because she knows what medicines he's on, and I know what I can give him. To, you know, in as far as different tinctures because he can't smoke and he he can different edibles. So I'm trying to we're sitting here thinking about things and we're going through genetics and. She's like, I think this would work best for him, and I think this would work best for him during the day, and this would work best for him during the night. So we wind up, I make a daytime and a nighttime RSO for this patient. His mother comes in. She, she, the mother comes, ends up getting the medicine. And the mother comes in and tells me, this is the first time I've ever gone with my son to have pizza. It was two nights ago. It was, it was after he'd had, had his medicine. That's wow. what they do because RSO tastes really bad. So they put it in a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. And he, he would say, I want my marshmallows. And he literally made, I mean, it, it's a story that, that was going around Instagram. And it's, it's, it's him showing, it's, he's holding it up. And it says, I'd love my marshmallows. Thank you for my marshmallows. Because he doesn't know what exactly it is that he's taking right but we got we got the right strains for him this the perfect strains for him for the first time in his life he was able to go out to eat with his mother and sit down and have dinner i i love that you guys do that i i don't hear that enough that's something that we do at the dispensary where i'm at um we'll sit down and do a consultation with someone we'll terp hunt we'll pheno hunt um it's something that, that is, is what we do also literally enough in this state and if you want to talk about medicine and all you're talking about is getting high you're in the wrong you're on the wrong <laughs> exactly. side of the fence with me i'll walk away uh, unfortunately it's unfortunate i do own a dispensary but when that when you know i have but the bed tenders you know they're very educational as well um my daughter my daughter works at the store and she's very very educated in it she's been around me her entire life and she also has some epilepsy epilepsy. and so I've also had to give her oils and do different things for her as well when she was younger so she's very educated and knows her all of what she needs to know and when people come in they're very surprised they think she's she looks like she's like 14 years old and she's 20 almost 21 years old and it's just crazy. It's really, really crazy just to see. And they're just like, how did you have so much knowledge? She's like, well, you know, my, my mom has four stage cancer. And, you know, we really, we really care about the, med- the medicinal part of this, Absolutely. not just getting high. It's, it's not how that you, this highest THC percentage. <laughs> well, it's, well, and it's, and two, on the other side of that, it's how you rate, it's a, that shows how you raised your kid and what you showed her cannabis was. Exactly. You, you, Thank and, you. And, Thank you. And, and maybe you were forced to, and that's neither here nor there. But you had those <laughs> conversations. I've got some friends that have red. They call them red leaf conversations with their kids, and I love this. And their kids will literally bring them if you know. They all kids get into things that they're not supposed to. They go into mom or dad's bathroom and there's a tincture sitting up there. They will bring it to their parents and say, "Hey, mom, this is the red leaf." This is supposed to be up in the cabinet where I can't reach it. They will tell on their parents because their parents have had that talk that anything with a red leaf, just like a marker in the house, has to come to mom wow. and dad first. Oh, huh. And that's, that's, a, that's awesome. I love wow. it. And it's insane because I've seen these kids do it. Hmm. Hey, mom, um, you left your red leaf on your counter. I was in there grabbing my toothbrush, blah, blah, blah. It needs to be up in the cabinet. There. That is awesome. 
keeping their parents in check and it goes with how it's talked about in the home so many things you know we all know this everything starts there sure everything everything it's not just cannabis but why are we why are we not talking to our kids about it? Yes. You know, um, and, and, and Rena, I'm someone like you um, in the dispensary. There's been times where I've made parents upset because I'm a huge believer in kids and minor patients having a CBD buffer, a huge CBD buffer when they're taking tea. Oh, yes, 1,000%. And I have had parents argue with me, and I'm like, I'm standing my ground here for your child. Right. This is not my exactly. opinion that I'm mad that I'm upset about. It's your child's brain development. And we also want to point out, too, um, these are children that are needing the cannabis for medicine. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, there's so patients. many. Right. There's they, they would, so yeah. many children Absolutely. that need it. It's, 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 for listeners that aren't. I mean, I'm sure you guys know. I mean, this, this state is full of children that are diagnosed with autism, ADHD, yes. AD, ADD, mm-hmm. all these different things, and they just want to, you know, let, let's, give them, let's give them this. Let's give them this. Basically, a prescription of just amphetamines and you, you can't do that you just can't not for Adderall for everyone you, it's not okay no well, it's not it's not okay an addict and I mean you can put help on the front side of that all you want um, but you are you're creating someone who will need that the rest of their life and not just that but will not function without it you know, possibly exactly do you, do you know what? this is going to be a weird analogy okay sorry if I go there but <laughs> you know how firefighters put out a fire and they will do it by diverting the fire with fuel to make the fire go somewhere else right True. they're not putting the fire out yeah. essentially where the fire is they're making it to go to a place where it's easier manage to it manage and that's the way i look at it sure Hey, I need, you're going to have to come back in three months for your prescription. You're going to yeah. come back. Some I mean, kids have to go monthly. You know, if you need that prescription, you have to come back. So it's a revolving door. Here. Money keeps going in their pockets. The insurance keeps getting billed. They keep paying. Well, and right. the parents are reliable on it because the teachers will say if they don't have their medicine, they can't come to school. Sure. And, and that's just ridiculous. Well, and it creates a business model. As far model. as cannabis, I mean, have you guys, like, read the rules on some of, like, the different school districts and how, they, how they're how they handling cannabis with, mm-hmm. with minors that have their own MA cards? Well, some it's of them are crazy and it's no. ridiculous. Yes. Some. They say that, that a parent can go and pick up their child to medicate them during lunchtime, but they can't be on campus under the influence. So tell me how my child is supposed to go off campus to medicate, right. but he can't go back to school medicated. We know plenty of children <clears throat> under the age of 18 or mm-hmm. whatever, they're juveniles and they're patients, and they cannot function without this medicine. They have seizures, people. Right. Uh, audience that are literally. not aware, um, and the and some of these medicines have literally been the only thing that have calmed them down enough to be able to learn, right? To be regular, not regular. <laughs> Who wants to be regular? Um, to, <laughs> Nobody. That's boring. To be it's boring. To be functional and have fun and be able to enjoy life and do things for themselves and and uh, you know aspire to be. You know what they want to be when you know when they grow up and and sure. they, you know just to have the same kid, kid. opportunities yeah. as, as someone else. next to them absolutely right. and that's the thing is with cannabis a lot of these kids they do 
you know, they, they do be, become to where they're going to school for four or five hours a day when they were only being able to handle it for one or two hours before mom or dad was called. So Exactly, the sensory overload. I mean, I, I see it in, in all ages of children right now. I've worked in adult, with right. children and adolescents well, for, and, and before not, I went into the cannabis industry for years, over a decade. Sure, and, and not just that, but you... You know, I'm, I, as a parent, I'm telling you that I'm working on a solution, but yet you don't want to hear it because of the stigma that you've listened to since exactly the last 40 years. And I mean, and I, I get that. You know, that's neither here nor there. But my thing is, is I, I'm just done with the counterintuitive thinking. If you want my kid in there, which as a teacher you should, and I'm telling you that I have found a solution for this, then why are we not moving forward with my, with my child's education, which is what your responsibility is. Yeah, you know, we, I had that, had that happen to, so. to my son. I actually went to the, the Board of Education and talked with them, and the, the uh, director called me and said that it didn't matter. Um, my appeal was denied, even though my son has ADD. I'm sorry, he was diagnosed with ADHD, and I give him uh, THC with CBD as a medicine to make him focus so that he can work on his Chromebook when he's at school. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Did not matter. They, uh, the lady said that he was, he was on an immediate suspension and had to be picked up immediately. And the truth of the matter was, I was told by the director, she was not supposed to have said that he could have stayed there on in-campus suspension and could have done his, like been, they suspended him for five days. Without, it. I mean, what good does that do to a kid? Seriously, he's, he was 17 years old. What, what good is that going to do to him? Sending him home for five days, you're just going to get behind. And, and that's exactly what I told them. And she's like, she had no right to even suspend him and send him home. So when I called them, and I'm like, could you? And I specifically told him, could you please educate your staff and your entire faculty on how this works? Because you're all obviously not on the same page. None of you are. You're, are. you're sitting here telling me that my son's high. He was extremely tired. I know when my son's high, I would tell you if he was high. He was not high. I know my son. I have no reason to lie. And I wouldn't take up for him because I haven't taken up for him in the past. It doesn't happen. <laughs> right. It just doesn't, you know? He stays a 17-year-old boy. Yeah. And, you know, he does what he does, and it, it is what it is. But when, it, when it's right, it's right, and when it's wrong, it's wrong. Right. And I call a spade a spade, and I did. And I had it out with Broken Arrow School District, and they won. Good they won. Oh, oh they won. <laughs> they won. Yeah, but they, they suspended my son. They did. Uh, and so, well, what did they get out of that? They they're supposed to be. He said that this that because it was so new. They were going to be educated over the summer, but we all know coronavirus came. So, <laughs> yeah, about that. I, I love about that. I, I do find it a little odd that your son's health could wait, but the edu- the education in an educational facility needed to wait over the summer. Agree. I agree. I mean, the, my thing is, is I mean, for our children, we're supposed to be able to adapt. Yeah. Um. But neither. So was that his senior year? Uh, uh, his junior, junior year. This is his senior year. Gotcha. It's a little. And he's doing it virtually, obviously, because I mean, thirty-three, thirty-three of the uh, teachers and faculty members tested positive I for COVID nineteen. 
So the so whole it back. the whole school system is virtual, correct? <laughs> As of right now, yes. I have been seeing some kids go to school, though. So there are some kids that are actually going to school. So uh, uh, since it is virtual, is he able to medicate while he's at school? <laughs> <laughs> He does. Is he where he works full time? He works full time, and he is. Um, Good. He's actually uh, making me a grandmother. I am expecting my first grandchild in October. Congratulations! My youngest. My youngest is uh, getting married at the age of eighteen, and um, he'll be getting, he'll be turning eighteen in November, and they're having their first child in October. Awesome. So he went down the same path that his father and I went down. So, <laughs> so you've gone from being told by a white-coated uh, person uh, with a little bit of power to find God um, to about to be a grandmother. That's pretty awesome. That's, exa- that's why I smile. I'm literally I'm cheating right now speaking <laughs> to you guys you. because it's just, I mean, I was told that I was going to die. I was told out in January 2019 I was going to die three different nights. Yeah. Well, I was in the hospital, and I didn't find this out until February. You know until what? I woke up um, from that coma. I sure am glad you didn't. I, 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 uh, so am I. I can echo that. So am I, I. I think Sammy and all of your patients, um, and like I said, the cannabis community can. Or anybody um, that you would you meet from what I from what I hear. <laughs> I truly, truly, truly thank you guys. I truly do. You know, I don't I don't do it for recognition. I do it because that's just who I am. Absolutely. That's, that's who I am and that's just that's who I always will be. And I've been I've been hurt. I've been betrayed in this community. There's a lot of things that have happened, which we all know that's in any community, any type of industry that you're in. Things like that happen, Absolutely. but if it shouldn't change you, if that's who you are as a person, then that shouldn't change you and well, affect you. And that's your drive. You learn. And that's what you wanted to do, and nothing stopped you. Um, nope, nothing. And, and again, th- thank you for being a cannabis advocate. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you again to Dr. Barman. Um, what, I mean... Thank you guys so much for doing what you're doing because it helps break those stigmas. It's going to, and you know, I, I know your son doesn't look at it like this and maybe that you don't, but being those people that didn't shy away from the issue and stood your ground on things like with your son and the way you were with your doctor, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it makes a difference now, but it is. I promise. And thank you guys so much for standing your ground. Thank you. For something that's helping all of us. Thank you so much for caring. I truly, we truly, I truly appreciate it. I know the patients appreciate it. And seriously, if there's any, any, anything that I could ever help with anybody, I, I own one love wellness. Give me a call. My name is Raina. If I'm not there, leave me a message and I'll call you back. <laughs> Please do Raina. Raina, I, I promise you, she, uh, she has your best interest at heart. I can tell you that just from the little bit that I, I do. Know her. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Raina, thank you so much for joining us and to our listeners. I truly appreciate you all so much. Seriously. You made me feel very comfortable. I, I truly, truly appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you very much. And I hope it helps other people. I really do. And if anyone ever has any questions about anything dealing with cancer, pain, uh, feeling lost, feeling alone, feeling like you're not going to make it, reach out to me. I have social media. Uh, My name on Instagram is Raina underscore One Love Wellness. I'm on Facebook as Raina Ceballos. Uh, Reach out to me. Reach out to me. 
I'll Absolutely. talk. I like to talk. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to talk to you again. I can't wait to come up there and meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me either. Me either. I can't wait to meet you guys. Seriously. Come up and eat something. Absolutely. Seriously. We'll definitely for do sure. it. For sure. And to our I listeners. You. Hey, guys, if you feel that this podcast is something that would benefit others, please consider the possibility of changing someone's life that may be in need. Please share our podcast. This podcast is for the patient. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Happy birthday to my brother, James. Happy birthday, James.